Good morning. Good to see you this morning. Glad that you're here. Uh, again, if you're a visitor, we are, we're just honored to have you with us today. Glad that you came our way. As you see on the screen, the title of my lesson today is The Best Day of My Life. And that might remind you, it did me, of a song that came out a couple years ago, The Best Day of My Life. You remember that? It had kind of a hook, kind of a repeating chorus. You know, this is going to be the best day of my life. Remember that? Yeah, remember that? Yeah. Some of you are thinking, I remember the song. It did not sound that bad, though. But yeah, it's about the best day of my life. And it got me thinking, could you tell me the best day of your life? If I were to ask you, what was the best day of your life? Could you look back and say, hmm, yeah, I can tell you right now what the best day of my life was. We have good days, we have bad days. Could you come up with the best day of your life? I got to think about that in my own life. And be sure you understand, the best day of my life was the day I became a child of God. I understand that for sure. But I'm talking more like, you know, in a kind of a physical way. Um, think, what was the best day of my life? And I'm not really sure. Was it the day I met Martha? Well, I fell in love with her long after I met her, so that probably wasn't it. Um, the day I got married, Penn State won the national championship the next day, so that was a good weekend for sure. A lot of good things happened that weekend. Was it, you know, the day my kids were born? Well, that would be three days, so, you know, hard to narrow that down. What was the best day of my life? I'm not sure. I remember times when my daughter would be in middle school and all the drama that comes with that. Every now and then she'd come in the house and flop on the couch and say, Today was the worst day of my life. And she would tell me all the reasons why terrible things happened to her. And it was just the worst day of her life. And I would always tell her, Maggie, today's not the worst day of your life. It is too. No, it really isn't. How do you know? Because you're so young. You're going to have so many worse days than this <laughs> in the years ahead. She started going to her mother uh, for advice after that. You know, an optimist says the glass is half full. A pessimist says the glass is half empty. An engineer says the glass is twice as big as it needs to be. It's all about perspective, right? What was the best day of my life? Really? Truly? I don't think I've lived it yet. I don't think I have yet lived the best day of my life. And that's coming from a guy who's had some pretty phenomenal days. We're going through the book of Acts. This morning, we are going to look at a day in the life of a man that by anyone's standards would have to be considered the best day of his life. In fact, this man would be able to tell you where he was, what he was doing, the time of day, when his day went from just another ordinary day to the best day ever. In fact, for the rest of his life, he would divide his life into two sections. Everything that happened before this day, and everything that happened after this day. And most of you are familiar with his story. It's the day Peter and John heal a, a lame man in front of the temple gates. It's found in Acts chapter 3. So let's take a look at the text. Verse 1. One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he, looked, he asked them for money. 
Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. What an unbelievable day. But this man didn't know that it was about to be an unbelievable day, did he? This man, who'd been lame since birth, we're told, he began this day with absolutely no expectation that this could be the very best day of his life. It was a day like every other day. At least it began that way. Someone, either a family member, a friend, an acquaintance, someone carried him and put him in his regular begging spot there at the temple gate, beautiful. He was there at 3 o'clock in the afternoon when, when good Jews went to the temple to pray. You know, get them while they're on their way to think about God. Maybe they'll throw me some coins. You learn tricks like that when you've been a beggar for as long as he had. It was just a day like every other day. The sky wasn't any bluer. The birds weren't singing any louder. The sun wasn't shining any brighter. You know, he would look down at his useless legs stretched out in front of him. They, they were his legs, but they didn't really feel like his legs. This was a guy who never climbed a tree when he was a kid. Never played tag with his friends in town. He never threw the ball around in the backyard with his dad. Never in his adult told anyone, let me go get that for you. We don't even know his name. Maybe he was one of those kind, gentle souls that had a lot of friends, a lot of family that you know helped him. Or maybe he was one of those guys that everybody knew and everybody loved because they always saw him and and you know the whole city sort of adopted him and everyone appreciated his resolve and his courage. Maybe that was this man, but I doubt it. Chances are he was just another beggar begging by the temple gates undoubtedly malnourished, dirty, probably smelled. He was the kind of person that you looked at, but you never really saw. You didn't want to engage in conversation. You didn't want to make eye contact with him. Maybe pass by on, on the other side of the street. Today was just a day. No better, no worse than, than all the other days that had made up this miserable life of a beggar. And yet, unbeknownst to him, without any expectation on his part, and really without his consent, today would be the day. Today would be the greatest day ever in this man's life. He's going to meet two men that he did not expect to meet. A doctor is going to write about what happens in his interaction with these two men. And millions and millions of people are going to talk about what took place during this day. His best day ever. And that's what we're doing today. Let me share with you three points that uh, I want to maybe draw some parallels to as we think about this man's best day ever. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you right up front, they're sort of preacher points. 
But maybe they'll help remind us that we might very well be on the verge of our best day ever as well. First, this was a man who was looking. I mean, that was his job, right? That's what he did for a living. He looked for people who might give him money. He was at his spot. He'd been there for a long, long time. This man was looking. Verse 3 says, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. He's looking. Hey, here comes two men. They look pretty approachable. Maybe they have some spare change they can toss my way. Just what I'm looking for. He's a man who's looking. Or was he? Verse 3 says he saw Peter and John. But then verse 4 says Peter looked straight at him as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. And then the very next verse says the man gave them his attention expecting to get something from them. There's a big difference between seeing and looking, isn't there? This man saw Peter and John approaching. In fact, he's able to engage them in conversation. But it wasn't until Peter talked to him that this man got really involved with an expectation of receiving something. What's he expecting to receive? What did he want? Pretty obvious, right? He wanted money. And really, that's all he was expecting. That's all he was hoping for, at least. His thought was, if I can just get enough money to get me through today, then I'll look again tomorrow. I mean, that was his big picture. All I'm trying to do is get through this day. If I can get through the day, if I can have one more meal, then I'll start looking again tomorrow. Interesting. What he was looking for is not what he received. What he received isn't what he was asking for. It wasn't even, wasn't even what he thought he wanted. And yet, what he received was more than he possibly could have ever imagined receiving that day. A bigger gift than he could ever have dreamed of. Again, he wasn't really even aware of a bigger picture that was going on. I heard a story about a wife who walked into her house one day and her husband sitting there and she said, there's something wrong with the car. I think there's water in the carburetor. My husband said, what do you mean there's something wrong with the car? He said, I think there's water in the carburetor of the car. He said, how could water get in the car? In fact, you don't even know what a carburetor is. She said, I'm telling you, I think there's water in the carburetor. He said, I'll take a look at it. Where's the car? She said, it's in the swimming pool. <laughs> there's more going on there, right? It's a bigger picture of just water in the carburetor. This man's looking for some change. He's looking for a meal. There's a bigger picture going on. He had some other needs and he had some other issues. Peter tells this man, look at us. Then he says, silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. Peter says, I don't actually have what it is you think you want, but what I do have is bigger and is better, and I'm pretty sure you're going to like it. This is a man who was looking. And Peter offers him a vision of hope. Silver or gold I do not have, but what I have, I give to you. I'm going to give you something that, that you probably weren't looking for. I'm going to give you hope. I'm going to give you an ability to experience life like you have never experienced it before. If you are old enough... You might remember the old movie, Mr. Holland's Opus. 
uh, several years old. Uh, Richard Dreyfus played the part of a musician whose dream it was to, was to compose music. And he ends up taking a job which he thought was going to be very temporary at a high school teaching music because what he really wanted to do was write music and be kind of famous. He thought this was just going to pay the bills for a while. And, of course, the, the movie's pretty formulaic. He ends up staying there his whole life. But there's one scene in the movie that I think is pretty powerful. It involves a uh, red-headed student of his. And he is trying to teach this girl to play the clarinet, and she's working really, really hard, and she desperately wants to learn to play the clarinet, but she really is terrible at it. I mean, she just cannot get it. And as he's teaching her, what he learns is she is the youngest in a family of overachievers. Everyone else in her family excels at something. And she thought maybe she could excel at the clarinet. And when she finds out that she can't do that, she sees herself as a failure. So she walks into the classroom one day and, and she tells Mr. Holland, I'm going to quit music. I'm going to quit the clarinet. If you know anyone that could use my instrument, just give it to them. And she starts to walk out the door and Mr. Holland stops her. And he says, Miss Lang, can I ask you something? Was it ever fun? And she turned and she sort of shrugged her shoulders and she said, I wanted it to be. And he called her back and she said, you know what we've been doing wrong, Miss Lang? We've been playing notes on a page. And she said, well, what else is there besides notes on a page? He said, oh, Miss Lang, there's so much more than notes on a page. Music is so much more than that. Music is something that's supposed to be fun. It's beautiful. It's moving. It's from the heart. It has emotion. I can teach you notes on the page. I can't teach you those other things. And he has her sit down. And he says, I want you to play this piece that you've been practicing on so hard. And, and he took the, the, the music away from her. She says, well, I need my music. And he says, no, you don't. You know this music. Just play. And she starts to play, and she gets to a difficult spot, and she messes up, and the clarinet squeaks and squawks, and she sort of kicks herself for being a failure. And Mr. Holland says, Miss Lang, what do you like best about yourself? In a very shy sort of way, she said, I guess my hair. My dad says it reminds him of the sunset. So he said, Miss Lang, I want you to close your eyes and I want you to play the sunset. And she closes her eyes and she starts to play and she plays it perfectly. She gets through the really difficult part and she surprises herself and her eyes pop open and she stops playing. And her teacher is sitting there going, well, don't stop now. Now's when it's getting fun. And she closes her eyes again and she starts to play and starts to sort of sway with the rhythm and she's not just playing notes, now she's playing music. And a smile comes across her face and you realize for the first time it's fun. In your walk with Jesus, what is it that you're looking for? You know, I see words on a page. I see sentences in a book and I want it to be exciting and I want it to be fun. But really, all I ever see are words on a page, and it's not meaningful. Listen, you and I both know it's more than words on a page, right? They're the words of life. But, but what I'm saying is, just like music is more than notes on a page, Christianity is more than words on a page.
Christianity is more than just a book. It is a book that leads us into a relationship, into an understanding, into an interaction with a very real, very living, very personal Savior. And once you start looking for that, once you start reading the book, not just to get some head knowledge, but once you start reading the book to get that knowledge of a wonderful life that God has envisioned for you and offered for you because of His Son, then it gets meaningful. Then it gets emotional. Then it gets fun. Helen Keller once said that the greatest calamity was the fact that so many people have eyes and so few people can see. This man in Acts chapter 3, he's looking. And what he eventually saw was a hope that was offered him that he would never before have contemplated. But not only was he looking, we're about to see, he was also listening. He was listening. How many times have you ever been accused of not listening? Husbands, how many times have you been accused of, of not listening? When I first got married... I would come home sometimes and my wife would say, did you remember to pick up the, the gallon of milk that I asked you to get? Or whatever it was. And I'd say, you never told me to. Yes, I did. We stood right here at the door. I said, you get it. And you said, you bring it home. And I remember thinking, I didn't say it to her at the time, but I remember thinking, this is so sad. My beautiful young wife is a little bit crazy. <laughs> She is imagining conversations that never took place. She's delusional. And I really did believe that until we had kids. And as soon as our three kids could learn to talk, I realized they were all on her side. It was a conspiracy. And I would come home and she would say, Hey, did you pick up that loaf of bread? You never told me to get a loaf of bread. And three kids would say, Yes, she did. You were standing right at the door. She told you to get it. You said you would. And it's occurred to me, my wife is not delusional. She's just married to a guy who doesn't listen very well. Now, Peter tells this man, silver or gold, I do not have. And it would have been so easy for that guy to shut Peter down right there. You don't have silver or gold? Next. Because all I'm looking for is silver and gold. All I want, at least all I think I want, is silver and gold. Now, understand, apparently this man doesn't know who Peter and John are. That, that would change in the not-too-distant future. Pretty soon everybody's going to know uh, who Peter and John are. In fact, we're told people who had physical needs would position themselves so that Peter's shadow could fall on them and they would be healed. But it appears that this man has no idea who these two guys are. They're just, they're just two men that might have some spare change. And Peter says, silver or gold, I don't have. I'm so glad he kept listening. Silver or gold, I do not have, but what I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Listen. Peter said, first, look at us. And then he said, listen. I'm about to tell you something that's going to make this the best day of your life. First, there is a power. There is a strength that is available to you that you don't know anything about. There is a power that you can tap into that is going to change your life. I said that this was kind of a different uh, a miracle. Uh, this, this beggar, 
He didn't expect to be healed. In fact, he never asks to be healed. This miracle occurs completely without his consent. But that doesn't negate the words and the power behind them of the Apostle Peter. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Listen, there is a strength. There is a power. You don't have to be who you've always been. You don't have to do what you've always done. You don't have to settle for what you've always settled for. There is a power that wants you to be more. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. How many times do we sit on our metaphorical mats and sort of watch the world go by and we think to ourselves, boy, I wish I was better. I wish I was stronger. I wish I could live the life that I dream of living. Listen, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I wish I could do something about this hole that I feel like I'm living in. Listen, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I wish I could do something about this ache in my heart. Listen, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I wish I could do something about this hurt, about this loneliness, about this depression. Listen, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I wish there was a reset button on my life. I wish I could just start all over with a clean slate. Listen, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, do it. Tap into a power that you might have never known even existed before. There is a bigger picture than what we see going on in our lives. And so Peter extends his hand. And I have no idea what that lame man thought was going to happen when Peter reached down with his hand extended. I don't know what was going through his mind. I, didn't know, I don't know what he thought was about to happen. I know exactly what Peter thought was about to happen. Peter knew, I'm about to make this guy have the best day of his life ever. <clears throat> Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. This wasn't a dream. This wasn't a, a, a trick. This wasn't a practical joke. Those men did have something that was better than all the silver and gold they could have given me. And so this man then goes from looking and from listening to leaping. I'm standing. I'm walking. And here comes the joy. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and leaping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. This was a man who was walking and leaping and praising God. I don't know when the last time was you leapt into a room. When I enter a room, I usually don't leap. Not since I was eight years old, at least. When I go somewhere, I don't leap my way there. But here's a man who is walking and leaping. Why? Because when you're filled with joy, you leap. When you are really excited, you leap. When you are experiencing something that you never dreamed possible, you leap. Acts chapter 3. We meet a beggar who's looking for something. And what he was looking for was a handout. You know what he got? A handout. 
He got a free gift. He was looking for some change. You know what he got? Something that changed his life. He was a man who was listening. And what he heard was a power and a strength that was available even to someone like him. In his condition, it would change his life. And finally, he was a man who was leaping. He was leaping for joy. And if you notice, he didn't enter the, t- the uh, temple courts praising Peter and John, did he? He didn't go in screaming, wow, these two men, they're amazing. Peter's the man. He healed me. Peter, we've got to bow down to Peter. No. He was praising God. He realized there is something bigger at play here. There is a bigger picture. I've realized the power. I've got a glimpse uh, of my life as it can be, and now I'm experiencing the joy. This is the best day of my life. How many millions of times do you think that man told that story from that point forward? Don't you know everybody he talked to heard that story? So there I was, sitting by the gate, beautiful. Hadn't been able to move my whole life. These two guys come along. I didn't know who they were. Hey, can I have some money? Don't have money. What I have, I'll give to you. Name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And they picked me up. And I started walking. Did I tell you that story? Yes, you've told us that story. You know what I really believe? I I truly believe this. I think God wants today to be the best day of your life. I think everything we need, God has provided today. More than we could ask or imagine, He's able to do. We say, oh, I wish I could do more. I wish I was more of an influence. I, you know, I'm saddled with this guilt and shame. Listen. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you don't have to be who you've always been. And you don't have to settle for what you've always settled for. Let me share with you, as we wrap up, a, a short reading. I didn't write it. I wish I did. I like the message. Today when I woke up, I suddenly realized that this is the best day of my life ever. There were times when I wondered if I'd make it to today, but I did. And because I did, I'm going to celebrate. Today, I'm going to celebrate what an unbelievable life I've had so far. The accomplishments, the blessings, yes, even the hardships, because they've served to make me stronger. I'll go through my day with my head held high and a happy heart. I will marvel at God's seemingly simple gifts. The morning dew, the sun, the clouds, the trees, the flowers, the birds. Today, none of these miraculous creations will escape my attention. Today, I'll share my excitement for life with other people. I'll make someone smile. I'll go out of my way to perform an act of kindness for someone I don't know. Today, I'll give a sincere compliment to someone who seems down. I'll tell a child how special he is. I'll tell someone I love just how deeply I care for them and how much they mean to me. Today is the day I quit worrying about what I don't have and start being grateful for all the wonderful things God has already given me. I remember that to worry is just a waste of time because my faith in God and His divine plan ensures everything's going to be just fine. And tonight before I go to bed, I'll go outside and raise my eyes to the heavens and I will stand in awe at the beauty of the stars and the moon and I will praise God for these magnificent treasures 
And as the day ends and I lay my head on my pillow, I will thank the Almighty for the best day of my life. And I will sleep the sleep of a contented child, excited with expectation because I know tomorrow is going to be the best day of my life ever. Silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You want the best day ever? It comes in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Listen, as we always do, we've got a song we're going to use as a song of encouragement this morning. Maybe today you just you need the prayers of people who love you. We'd love to pray with you or pray for you. Maybe there's something else going on in your life that, uh, that you'd like the family here to know about. Um, we invite you to meet us at the front or take advantage of the prayer room after our services today. Let's stand and sing.